Hello, my fanist friends. Welcome to my podcast feed. Powered by ACAS Plus, here's a joke from my son. What did the bum say to the other bum? That's a bummer. You know, not for everyone. Uh, so, uh, look, thanks to everyone who's come to see the previews of Can I Have My Ball Back. It's been going really, really well, and uh, I'm really pleased with how the show's turning out. It's officially on tour now from Wednesday. I'll be at the Leicester Square Theatre. A couple of tickets left. Lots of press coming to that one. It'd be lovely to sell out, but there are a few other London gigs not selling as well. So if you're going to come to London... Maybe look up those other London gigs. And then this week I'll be in St Albans on Thursday, Gloucester on Friday, Chorley on Saturday, which is sold out. You can join the waiting list. And Glasgow on Sunday, two shows. I think the earlier show is sold out. Check with the venue, but the later show has some availability. Come along if you can. If you enjoy these podcasts and like them being free, then the great way to pay me back is to buy a ticket to a show or buy a download or a book from gofasterstripe.com. But you can just keep listening for free as well. That pays me back also. So, you know, no no pressure. But I'd love to see you there. If you just know me from the podcast and don't know me as a stand-up, I'm pretty good as a stand-up. It's a good show. I think you're going to enjoy it. It's only made about seven men faint so far. So, you know, are you brave enough to take the challenge? Let's sit back, relax and enjoy whichever podcast you're listening to now. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, welcome to Chang's Left Square Theatre Podcast. Hope you are very well. We don't have a sponsor this week, so I will tell you and remind you that I'm doing all 12 of my one-man shows at the Leicester Square Theatre in August and September, starting on August the 7th, I think, uh, and going right through to September the 12th, doing uh, Talking Cock and Christ on a Bike, 12 Tasks of Hercules Terrace, Menage Un, uh, Someone Likes Jogger, Oh Fuck I'm 40, The Headmaster's Son, Hitler Moustache, Christ on a Bike, What Is Love Anyway, We're All Going to Die, The Lord of the Dance Settee, and Happy Now. Uh, you can get money off if you buy tickets for three shows or six shows or all 12 shows you get for just 100 pounds and you get a free t-shirt made by me if you come to every single one and you buy your tickets at the same time anyway let us sit back and enjoy this week's richard herring's leicester square theater podcast with roisin conaty ladies and gentlemen welcome to the leicester square theater please welcome a man who this week genuinely nearly choked to death is richard herring <laughs> You're much better than last week's audience. I don't think you're much better than next week's audience as well. I'm going to go that far. So, uh, welcome to Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre Podcast. Some cool people started calling it Rehearsal Leicester Rehearsal! 
uh, but the rest of people just call it Rich James S Squared Theatre Podcast or RHLSTP. That's if you're uncool, you can call it that. Uh, it's, uh, we've got uh, some fantastic guests uh, this week. Uh, sorry, we've got one fantastic guest this week, then another fantastic guest next week. Uh, and it's going to be very exciting. Uh, and I did, I, ne- I very nearly uh, choked to death. I was eating uh, an apricot. Uh, so I was a bit tired. I've got a young baby, as I'm sure you're aware, and uh, so I'm a bit tired all the time. I was eating an apricot. I'm not a vain man. They'd just like, come back home one night, and there were some apricots in Tesco Express, Tesco Metro. I thought, well, I've never seen fresh apricots. I'll buy those. Then the next day, I was eating them, and I just was a bit absent mind doing something else, and I kind of ate the stone of the apricot. <laughs> as well as the apricot, and uh, I, I realised, and I felt it, it caught in my throat, and I thought I was, genuinely thought I was going to choke to death and die, I was sort of retching, trying to get it up, but then I think I must have swallowed it, and then it just scraped against my uvula, uh, it's not rude, it's, not, it's the back of your throat, it's the thing at the back of your, your uvula, don't know how you say it, uh, and uh, uh, so I did survive, so, but it was kind of a scary moment, because I thought, I don't really want to die choking on an apricot pit, that is quite an embarrassing way to die, because people will know I've been eating fresh apricots. That was the first... It's, it's an embarrassing way to die. It's like, I don't eat apricots. Oh, look at him eating apricots. He deserved to die. Who's he think he is? Peach is not good enough for him if he's going to have an exotic through. Oh, look at him eating his apricots. I just, I was generally, as I thought I was dying, I was thinking this. I wasn't thinking, oh, I'm leaving my child without a father. I was thinking this is embarrassing. And then I was thinking it's embarrassing for her that when people say, what, how, how, what does your dad do? She, oh, he's, he's dead. They go, oh, no. And they go, how did he die? And she go, he choked to death on some fruit. <laughs> People will laugh at that as you did, and then they go, What fruit was it? Someone will go, What? And it was an apricot, and then they go, Oh, and there are any pity she would have had? Apricot. And then I thought I was safe, and then I googled apricot stones, and I found out that they contain cyanide. So I was, uh, but I, I would have had to accidentally eat all the other eight apricots in my fridge and all their stones, and then accidentally gone to Tesco's and bought 80 more apricots and accidentally eaten all of those, and then I might have died. But it was a, it was a ter- I was trying to find, Google what animal eats apricot st- stones. So I could like be the old woman who swallowed a fly and swallowed whatever animal that was. But someone told me only dodos would do, which, you know, I didn't... Th- I don't think I had time to genetically engineer this. So I take some dodo DNA from that dodo in the, in the Oxford Museum uh, and then put it in a pigeon, which is what they're going to do, apparently. And then you can make a dodo and then I could swallow the dodo and then I'd be safe. I, th- I think I would have died by that time, so... It's embarrassing, wouldn't it? It's embarrassing to die like that. Uh, and uh, uh, there was something else I was going to tell Something very else exciting I was going to tell you about. Um, but I'm not going uh, was to. I was in Ulverston at the weekend, uh, which is in the Lake District. And um, I went on the other week about how Middlesbrough is the most terrible place in the world. It is not. Uh, and Ulverston isn't the worst place in the world. It nearly is, but it isn't. But Barrow, on, Barrow in Furness is the worst place in the world. I didn't even go there. I've been there before. But behind me on the train uh, to Ulverston were two guys from Barrow who were very drunk at three o'clock in the afternoon and maybe not just drunk. Uh, and they were swearing and being weird, but kind of being friendly but threatening, you know, to other people. You know, that kind of thing on the train where you don't want to look around in case they decide just to punch you to death. Uh, and what they were saying, one of them started saying, I love spliffs, I love spliffs. And then they were, so I think they may have been, I think they might have been smoking some spliffs. That's just reading between the lines. Just work that out. And then he said, it would be good. It's weird what he said. Oh, well, you know, they were, they were trying to become millionaires. They, they were, had uh, working jobs and they, want, they were kind of dreaming of becoming rich. Uh, and one of them said, the way everyone in the world could become rich is if everyone had top class grass, buds they called it. If everyone grew just top class buds, then everyone in the world would be a billionaire because they'd all have this fantastic drugs. 
they'd all be able to sell and become billionaires. And his friend, who was a little bit cleverer than him, said, yeah, but if everyone had that, then no one would be a bit... You'd all have your own... You wouldn't be able to sell it, because everyone... Let alone the fact that, of course, the economy wouldn't really work. That they wouldn't, It wouldn't produce more money. You'd only be able to sell a certain amount of anyway. And then he, the other one said, no, because you would have top-class buds, so that would be fine. And then he said, yeah, but the other guys... So one of them, and then one of them did a really disgusting fart. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing it was the stupider one of the two. So that's been my, uh, that's been my week. Uh, so uh, this week, I have to say, in the opening uh, titles, uh, people have paid good money uh, to, uh, to have these things said. Uh, it's from Mike Lamb. Uh, he doesn't ask for anything to be said, as Chris Evans says. Not that one. Uh, not the one with the cock on his shoulder. Uh, it's... Uh, so Chris Evans just says, why don't you call Mike Lamb a fucking idiot? Uh, seems a bit rude. Uh, so uh, thank, thank you to Mike Lamb for the money uh, to, for, for that. And the tension you've created after my brilliant warm-up. <laughs> it really got the audience going with my brilliant warm-up material. Uh, so our guest today, uh, she's probably best known from her appearance on the Angina Monologues. That's why you're all here tonight, to see... <laughs> That we please welcome Roisin Connolly, ladies and gentlemen. Here she is. Thank you very much. Come on, sit down. Pick up a microphone. Hello. Hello. Hello, how are you doing? I'm very well, thanks. Thanks, good. Got a bit oh. of an itchy bum. You got an itchy bum? Yeah, that was happening backstage. See how we go. <laughs> well, what's, the, what's causing the itch? Is I don't it know. Is this, poor, poor it's happen, it happened quite live yeah. uh, seconds ago, Did this it? happened. Yeah. Is what it do in piles the... feel like? Piles. Uh, I have had a pile. Yeah. Uh, but it didn't really. It didn't really feel like anything. They can hurt. Does it uh, feel like you want to just rip your own ass off? I don't. I'm sure some of our, anyone know about so that. I plan to start. Yeah, have you wiped properly? Is it? Is it oh, in the? Is it, I know how to do stuff. Is it on the anus or is it in the cleft? It's easing or? off now, but I'm a little uh, bit okay. panicked by the severity of the itch. Well, if there, are there any arse doctors in the house? If anything goes. <laughs> Just let yourself know if there's anyone, if she goes down, <laughs> holding, clutching her ass. Well, talk, the, what was the Angina Monologues that we are most famous for? What is that? <laughs> the Angina Monologues was, uh, <clears throat> it was really good. It was, um, huh. Victoria Wood uh, did a, uh, put on a, uh, a gig for uh, the Heart, British Heart Foundation oh. and to raise awareness that Angina is the biggest killer of women in this country. Uh, so it's a nice opener, Rich. Um, <laughs> I knew it was going to be a risk. I knew it was going to be a... But I got to meet Victoria Wood, and that was incredible, and Joe yeah. Brand. It was a really great night. I wore heels on stage, though, and it really affected my gig. <laughs> I, I did have a nice one, but I felt it. Like, did I put really big, ridiculous heels. Yeah. Yeah. Was, how was your ass on that gig? Was it fine? Just itch free. <laughs> Just it. completely itch free. Maybe that's it. If you're distracted by the heels, that takes your mind off the. Well, you think, you think I've consistently got an itchy ass, but I just don't notice. <laughs> I, I often do. You know, I think uh, when you get into your 40s, you'll find out it is, you know. When I had, I had a pile in the because I was having there was some there was some blood in uh, there was oh, some blood Jesus. when I wiped my bum there was some blood <laughs> right uh, and uh, let's just start off let's, by being open as we yeah, can yeah come on I feel I just have to take out the embarrassment of the uh, the start by being saying something more embarrassing <laughs> there was some blood so I was worried that I had you know arse cancer right yeah uh, and then this young nurse a young doctor rather sorry had to look into my ass I had to lie down <laughs> and she had to put her finger into my ass and she said I'm sorry about this and I said well I, I feel much worse for you this is a very this is from your point of view this is an awful you're having to put your finger in the ass of a horrible old man who's got blood coming out of his ass it was just I mean, it was so a you pl- just narrate 
waited the whole thing for her. I bet she just thought it's fine. And then she's just doing it. She's like, this is awful. You're right. But it's fine. They go away, apparently. Then well, when, you, when you die. <laughs> so uh, you are probably best known, really. You won, you won the Best Newcomer Award uh, stand-up in 2010. Yes, I did. So uh, what have you done since then? Nothing. Not a lot. <laughs> Just weight fluctuations, really. Um, uh, yeah, no, that was that was a nice day out. Um, uh, yeah, that was it. Was uh, I? Don't, what would you say about that? It was really it was good for me. That was um, so. Uh, you're one of only. Five, I enjoyed it, you know. You're one of only five women to have won an Edinburgh Fringe Award. I think from the Edinburgh Award, or maybe the full award. I won the newcomer. Yeah, so yeah. I think maybe I think yeah. But that's included over both things. I think. I oh, think okay. It's, um, I think I, I think there's. It, yeah, there's, there's a lot. There'll be a lot more now. I think, like I the think last few, like, you know, I think Bridget really winning the main and Sarah Pascoe getting nominated. Like, it's all, Josie's been nominated a billion times. There's like loads of, you know, kind of. I think it was just those first twenty years. Twenty years of the award are pretty tricky. <laughs> <laughs> it's all, all all the good people are women now. That's that's definitely true. Uh, so, but luckily, Angina will kill most of them. <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> so my place in the comedy firmament is secure. <laughs> so I'm very as long as I do. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a kind of joke. I was kind of joke. So I've noticed a lot of you, a lot of your comedy things have a, a theme of being invited back to your school to do a talk. Is this a thing that genuinely happened? It did genuinely happen. Um so you be, after you'd won the award, presumably. Did I did they... go back to the school, though. No. I did get invited back did to you? the school. Yeah, um, and I am going back now this nice. year. Um, I did before I did my first Edinburgh show. I'd sort of gone through a. I'd been doing comedy on and off for a while, a good few years, and I'd had a breakup and I moved back to my mum's and I had a shitty job. And I did my first Edinburgh show, but it was like you know that sort of just awful time in your life. Like I literally had like I think like three quid in my bank or something, and I got an invite to go and give a speech to the girls at my school to sort of tell them about how you know how successful I was. Um, and, and it was just, it nearly gave me a breakdown, but then it gave me an Edinburgh show. Um, so yeah, it was a real kind of. Just, I suppose it's that thing with how, what, what some people can perceive. If you're doing comedy and it sounds like you're doing well, yeah. if, if they sort of go, oh, I saw you at a gig and da da da, you know. And I was doing really badly. <laughs> I was pr- pretty depressed, actually. <laughs> because so there's, a, and there's a scene in Game Face, which is the the comedy pilot you did yeah. for Channel Four. It's about being a single woman and not and not being. Yeah, I was trying to do that. It was going to be about being. I was going to sort of make her more similar to me, but heightened, like you know, more like Louis, like a comedian sort of. And then we sort of agreed on an actress, so it wasn't so self-referential. The whole thing, comedy, so overtaking in, in you know, yeah. like the world itself. And then um, it was quite interesting. Then the channel, like a few days before we filmed it, was sort of like, oh, oh, she can't be an actress. And I was like, what? <laughs> the whole scenes are about her. Otherwise, that she's crazy. Yeah. You know, she's just someone said, I'm an actress. Um, <laughs> and so we made her, we put a, a sort of scene in that was, she was a postman that I sort of had to write like in a day that sort of, she had this other, and it just sort of leveled out. So yeah, I, I wanted that point in your life, you know, before, uh, you know, when you sort of in your 20s and you choose a, a career, and then there's a point, so I think when you get to 30, you know, you think, how is this going? Am I, am I a comedian? <laughs> or do I just say it a lot? Um, so it's sort of that. I wanted it to, that point in your life where um, and I think there's not a lot of stuff about she's single but I don't think that's, a, that's, that's what I know because I've been single for so long but I think just a, a grown adult woman who's sort of as worried about as all the other things in life as men are you know yeah, sort yeah. of you know friendships, family you know and just not 
not being where she wants to be. It's, well, it's very funny. With you can, jokes. You can, you can see it. It's still up online because I watched it's it. It's up online. Yeah, watch it. It's got some good bits in it. Did you refilm it? Did you, did some, did you do them as a short thing and then refilm it as a, as a whole yeah, we episode? Yeah, we did blaps. They commissioned blaps and then we filmed the blaps and then I went in. They called me in for a meeting and, and it, was, it was very, very well done the way they commissioned the pilot. Went, We're not putting the blaps out. And I was like, why? It's like, we're giving you a pilot. It was really uh, a nice day. Um, yes, yeah, so we did the Blacks. The Blacks are still online and the pilot's still online. So, yeah. Because it's slightly, there's different Diane Morgans in one of them and not in the other one. Yeah, I don't think Diane was available for the, right. the other one. Yeah, so, but they're all, you know, Carriad's in it. There was such a, Mike wasn't out from Man Down's in it without a tash because we realised it was madness having the same characters. Because in the Blacks, we just thought they were just going to be online and then the yeah. sort of pilot went out and it was a bit ridiculous having uh, two of the lead characters from another <laughs> <laughs> so you thought oh, if you shave off his moustache no, one, that, that no one will know yeah. did he mind shaving off his moustache he has a very fine moustache he didn't mind the thing is though because I don't know if you might wasn't he play he's a really brilliant stand up um, and he's a really great actor but um, he always has a big moustache um, but because you're not used to seeing someone's mouth to me it just like he was pouting the whole time <laughs> so I just every time I saw it it just it was like hello Roshi and I was like oh my god so much lip um, <laughs> Well, you are in Man Down as well, which I think is a fantastic sitcom. Yeah, it's we've, really we've fun. We've had Greg and Mike, in fact, on the on the podcast before. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a real. I, I wrote an episode of Man Down for this second yes, series. You did. They didn't use any of it. Uh, so, to be fair, one of the leads did die. One of the characters died. The character I mainly wrote for because I thought this is exciting. I get to write for Rick Mail. That was the. I was the main victim of Rick Mail's death. I have to say. <laughs> I was really. I mean, I was up. I was, on, I was on the toilet when I heard Rick Mail had died because I was on Twitter, oh. which seemed kind of apt in a way. <laughs> yeah. I was so unhappy, and then, and then I went, and oh, no. <laughs> Which is better than when Rod Hull died, because uh, when Rod Hull died, we were on the set of, the fir- of This Morning Rich, Not Judy, doing the rehearsal for it, and we'd done a whole another load of sketches. We had a character who was pretending to be Rod Hull, and in these sketches we'd already filmed, he would die at the end of every sketch. Oh, God. <laughs> And someone came into the as we were rehearsing and said, um, "This news coming in. I don't know if it's true that Rod Hull has died." And my first thought was, "Oh no, we've what are the sketches?" <laughs> and then it was, "Oh, that is, that is that's sad that the man I know has died." So yeah, I was uh, well. It, it's it, it was it seems to be working okay though. I mean, without Rick, I thought it would be it would make a, a big difference to the second series. But it seems to sort of a still. I think it's reshaped working. itself. Yeah. It's sort of morphed into something else a bit. I think um, you know. I think Greg. Uh, you know, what do I say? Too much, but he, you know, had written with, with people written the series last year, and then had to rewrite it when Rick died, and he had a really hard, awful year. You know, I think yeah. like his actual dad died, and then so he was sort of writing this script at the same time. It was just all gross. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I think the, he, uh, Stephanie Cole. He wanted someone. I think she's so amazing and so brilliant, and she's as big as as the character that, that that void. But I think the shape of the show's changed a bit, and and, and for the better. Yeah, I think it's really found like I think the, Greg wouldn't mind me saying this. For the, for the pilot, wasn't the best thing of the show. You know, it was a kind of it was still finding its feet. And it, like I think the second, third episode in the first series, it starts getting good, really good. And in this series, I think it's really found its kind of you know voice. It's the beats of it are there, and it's it and even though Rick, Rick obviously was amazing in the first series, and you'd, you'd have Rick in every you know every shape, but the I think just structurally the show has sort of um, made it not 
so that you know because you think Rick Mail's not going to be in it we might as well cancel you know, that feeling yeah. of like he's such a void but I think he's sort of just changed the shape of the show so yeah. that there is an escaping void I mean it's an interesting sitcom in, in, so I think there's been a lot of realistic sitcoms and this sitcom yeah. is kind of crazy and it's just yeah. full of craziness and, and then just things that are just stupidly fun. they're flicking sweets at a cow and yeah. you know cause they're just they, they, you can't see why they'd be so funny on the, the episode where the uh, where he's having sex with the girl who likes uh, greengrocers oh, sh- that is one of the funniest Apples, things of us. The yeah. <laughs> so, there's, I mean, there's, all, there's lots of big set pieces, um, and on the page, all I, I think, God, where are we filming this? Some of them are like, but you know, kind of, we're in the woods for the, like, like in the last episode, it looks like there's a photo where I'm like in a wedding gown, and we, it looks like, like the Wizard of Oz. Like it doesn't look like a modern British sitcom. <laughs> yeah. It looks like it's a bit otherworldly. Um, so much fun to film. It's a real. You know, we really do laugh quite a lot. There's a lot of uh, madness, and just watching the set pieces, it's yeah. just insane. Is there another series of Man Down coming down? This I would is be surprised if, if, if there isn't one. So. I would be surprised <laughs> if there's not. <laughs> okay. I don't know anything, but I would be surprised if there's not. I think it's done well, and I think yeah. it's. I think the people who like it really, really like it. You know, it's one of those ones. It I think is. People... Did you get to? You didn't get to work that much with Rick on the show. Did you meet? Did you meet him? I met the... him quite a lot. Yeah. Went, you know, because it was quite a you know intimate sort of cast. Um, no, he was such a lovely, lovely, lovely man. Um, one of the weirdest things, on the first day I came on set, so, um, I hadn't met him on the pilot, and I came on set for the series, and I, um, I had to do a pickup that we hadn't got in the pilot. That was all I was coming on to do, which was me being asleep in a bed that was sort of just with shoes on. And, uh, and I got on the set, and uh, Rick Mail was downstairs looking at his lines, and it was the bit, I don't know, it was, um, it was a poem he reads to Dan when he's asleep. It's a Shakespeare bit, but it was like, oh, oh God, I can't remember. <laughs> oh, um, but it's like, um, oh, why to sleep, why to dream, you know, something, whatever, yeah. but one of those ones. Uh, and he sort of he comes up to me and he went, what do you think about these lines? What do you think they mean? He's really intense. He's a proper actor. And I was like, I'm not drama trained, you know. <laughs> uh, and I was like, and then he said like about five different versions. And I, I sort of, all I did was confirm what he said. I'm not going to say, you know, I was like, yeah, I think you're right. He went, hmm. So we get upstairs. <laughs> I haven't even met, like, some of the, you know, like, a lot of the senior crew and stuff. And I'm in the bed and uh, waiting for the scene. Like, roll in, where's Rick? And the Rick comes in and goes, I've been speaking to Rasheen. I'm going to do it completely differently. <laughs> I was just like, what the fuck? I didn't tell him to do anything completely different. But he did it, he did it. But just hearing that as my opening, yeah, he was a really lovely, really sweet, funny man. Like, yeah. genuinely a nice, a nice guy. And, and made, um, he could be quite uh, firm when he wanted to do things his way. And I haven't made a lot of television, you know, sort of, uh, and especially narrative is my first thing. And then when you watch on the monitors, you realise he was always right. And that was quite weird. I was like, oh, he's just annoyed because he's right. Yeah. <laughs> like I was like, oh, Rick Mel's right. Every time he's going mental, it's because he's right. <laughs> oh. Cool. Um, so... Yeah, I'm, it still makes me sad. That's a shame. But there we go. Yeah. I was such a massive. I you're, you're a bit younger than me, so I think but it's I still, pretty, yeah. it was just is is you know as a child, see to see even glimpses of that, you know, yeah. it was just one of those. Yeah. You can't grow up in this country and not, I think, be affected by Rimmel, especially if you like comedy. Yeah, yeah, sure. Is it true you've got eighty first cousins, or is that a joke? Sure is eighty. <laughs> yeah. That's not possible. <laughs> Simply not possible. It is possible. It's mathematically impossible. I've, my mum's got 12 sisters what? and one brother, and my dad's got five sisters and five brothers, and they're Irish. <laughs> is it difficult for birthdays and stuff? Do you actually, can you remember no. the names of all eight of your first cousins? No. 
Do you ever have you ever been in the same room as each other? All no, day? because they're, on the, they're sort of combined families. Yeah. You know, sort of from my they wouldn't be in the same rooms. Um, but even my mum's side was probably you know, forty. Say forty. I say a bit more, probably forty or fifty. Um, uh, and at a wedding, so there's a lot of people who just sort of vaguely look like you, uh, <laughs> and you sort of go hello. And obviously, people grow up, and so you know when you're in your twenties and you see all these you know twelve year olds, and then you show up again, and they're like twenty, and you're like, who? I don't know who this is. A woman's here now, because uh, <laughs> in your head you go store that you know whatever. But I know, mo- you know I know most of them. <laughs> it's just a few of them that I sort of think, oh god, I'm going to balls this up. <laughs> <laughs> and you know they're going to be upset they're going to be Can't like just oh. go hey cuz how are you doing I mean, it's literally what I do yeah it's good hey. so now they know which ones if they're watching this <laughs> I happen to know most of your cousins are fans of this a lot of they, them have been in they touch they are they're all comedy nerds um, <laughs> but yeah it's a big old big old Irish family it's mental yeah. blimey 80 cousins that's insane. Uh, I'll ask you an emergency question to get away from this, uh, this awful... I've got a new one. Uh, do you think if you have sex with a robot, that should count as cheating on your partner? Yes. Do you? It's the future, mate. It's just, it's We're just all going to be having sex with robots. We've got to start legislating for it. I think you've got to be... You know, so like, if you have sex with a toilet roll... Is that cheating on your part? I haven't no, done just that. Mean, that just means you got bad. That just means you got bad taste. <laughs> it's I, just an object. It's just like a. It's an intricate dildo. That's all that is. It's an, what the toilet roll? The, 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 the robot, right? The, 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 the toilet roll is a rudimentary. Dildo. I think the future is this. I yeah. think genuinely. I think the robots in future we're going to have where we're not going to have to meet each other as humans because robots are going to be so good and in tune to us and re- register our moods and say all the things that we're you know that it's we need to hear. Yeah. And so it's fine, we'll just, you know, it's just not... And they'll all look like the robot off of that Channel 4 thing, and then we can just have sex with them. I said this to my <laughs> wife, and my wife said it would count as cheating if I had sex with the robot it from would. robots. That's ridiculous. It was not you a would person, want, You just... wouldn't want to have sex with a robot unless you... Ele- <laughs> I want to have sex with that robot. You want, have, <laughs> you want to have sex with a robot who you're able to respond to as a human... Don't try and get out of it. <laughs> Stick to the what toilet. What if I don't respond to as a human? It's as a human, sorry. Uh, it's just a robot. I'm not responding. I won't care for its needs. I can do that easily. Would you have sex with a Mac computer? Well, <laughs> my Mac computer is currently broken because something, an unguent spilled on the keyboard. <laughs> it was some cleaning fluid, but you know probably the thing that was on there that was cleaning off <laughs> um, you know but that, that's interesting because you have if you watch pornography on a computer which I would never do after talking to Louis Theroux last week about pornography yeah uh, that's one for that's a callback uh, then you know you're, you're having sex with, you're watching images of other people having sex you're enjoying other people having sex so is it any different having sex I think it's an interesting moral conundrum I think your eyes looking at something and your dick being in something are very different <laughs> things <laughs> and they are the rules that this world has stood by <laughs> we stand by that you can look and not touch that's sort of the I think they're okay. you know and I think once you just see if you walk in and see your partner you know having sex with a machine you're not going to go oh thank god it's just the robot it's, it's a brave new world that's all I can say it's a terrifying it's new world what I liked is that me and my wife had a serious argument about it 
Like, because <laughs> it's not going to happen. But in our lifetime, I reckon it will. Not, I don't think it will happen. I reckon it will. Not in about in 50 time, years, they'll yeah, be like really I'm, hot robots. When I'm, when I'm 97. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. When I'm 97, I don't care. Then I'm, <laughs> I don't care what my wife says. What are you going to divorce me? <laughs> Come on. Bring it on. <laughs> Um, I think we could, I think we'd you know, be able to have friends who are robots. It'd be nice just create robots that like you and who are interested in things you're interested in. I mean, it's like at the moment you have to have a baby to do that. You have a baby, and then that's a friend. That's you've got a friend. <laughs> that's the only way I could get a friend. <laughs> but now I don't have to even have sex. I could just have a have a robot. I don't think Very robots exciting. are the. I don't. Listen, I think you need to work through your robot fetish. Yeah. I don't think they're the way forward. I think they're a. They're a sort of. Um, you know, a decoy. They're a thing that yeah. you're. You know, it's like when people buy hats. Uh, <laughs> Very similar think, to that. Deal with the problem. Yeah. Whatever's going on in your life, deal with that. The hat isn't going to solve it. And that's what I think with robots. I'm, I'd be worried about the chafing as well. Because, however. Well, from the robot, having sex right. with the robot. But they won't chafe. They'll have they'll all this, be, they'll have still all this nerve in there, and they'll do all this stuff. They'll There's still got to be a metal like hip in there or something. I mean, the mate, I, robots are nearly... They're, they're, artificial intelligence is going to be really big in our lifetime. They're going to have like soft spots. <laughs> <laughs> As the scientists call them. <laughs> what if it gets a short circuit? That'd be quite good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> saw an episode of a low low where that happened today and I was now thinking about it. Uh, good oh, that's a new emergency question that's coming out every single week from now on uh, uh, if you had to assassinate a, uh, have you ever had the uh, opportunity to assassinate a public figure and who was it or do you look back and regret I saw Michael Gove in a shopping centre the other day without any security just his children oh, I realised I could have smashed a glass bottle into his face yeah have you ever had the opportunity? Because, like, so as a comedian, I, in fact, with Greg, I was in Buckingham Palace with Greg Davies. We both ended up getting invited to dinner with Princess Anne quite recently. <laughs> for no did, did you talk to her about your robots? <laughs> I wanted Sorry, to. Princess, do you think? It was a month after my baby had been born, and I was kind of at the point I was obsessed with thinking everyone was once a baby and that everyone had emerged. And I could, I've got this horrible image of my baby emerging from my wife. And I was thinking, yeah, that happened to everyone. And I had this image, as I was looking at Princess Anne, of her emerging out of the Queen's vagina. So I, did, I didn't bring that up. I didn't say, oh, Princess no. Anne, you've come out of the Queen's... I have too much respect to say it. Too much... <laughs> but I could have killed Princess Anne. Uh, Stephen Hawkins was there, could have done him. Are you just saying, who have I been around that's famous? Yeah, well, but then um, you realise I could have killed them easily. Quite a lot of comedians. Yeah. <laughs> Do you wish you had... Which ones did you wish you had? Oh, no, I like, I'm not... I like... I don't want to kill any comedians. Um, they're my friends. Uh, I've, I've, been a, I've, I've been in a room with... Have I been in a room with famous people? Stephen Hawking. I've been in a room the with Stephen Hawking. Peace. I don't want to kill Stephen no, Hawking. Be easy, though, wouldn't it? That's the thing um, with him. <laughs> Richard, it would take Eric. him a minute to say get off as well. That's the thing. It takes him. It takes him ages. You could go. He does it by. You do not want to be the guy who kills. He's Richard. an incredible man. You don't want to be the guy that kills Stephen Hawking. That I is don't. not a good kill. No. That is a that is a really bad fucking kill. But if I killed Michael Gove, <laughs> fine. Yeah. 
I mean, I'm not sure the law would have seen that. The legal system might have seen it I think it they'd give you a couple of minutes. To, they'd listen to you for a couple of minutes. No one's <laughs> listening to you if you kill Stephen Hawking, mate. <laughs> it was fine. Uh, so, let me get back. I'll get back to the proper real questions. You believe in astrology? <laughs> you base 80% of your life decisions on astrology. Is that true? Intellectually, I know it's horseshit, yeah. but I still read them relentlessly. <laughs> uh, and do you act upon what they tell you to do? Do you know what? I, I didn't... I didn't read. No, no, I don't have to tell me to do, but I do sort of because um, I've sort of read it from a young age. It's a bit like being brainwashed, so I do have ideas about star signs, and they're not healthy. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> like, so someone will say they're a star sign. Like say, um, can I say this? Yeah, uh, like if, if, it, if it's a romantic thing. So, so I've literally been like, uh, uh, and I have to question them. Like, what are you doing? Like, that's madness. But um, right. I know it's I know it's rubbish, but it's just a thing I enjoy. I think, I like the idea of someone knowing the future. It's just a thing for to cure anxiety. I think. Like, what's going to happen? Do you think it, think it makes me more anxious? <laughs> the idea that everything's fated and worked out in advance uh, makes me more anxious than the idea that knowing that anything can happen. Yeah. Um, Maybe. Because well, if it's already, if it's already, if it's all written and it's all going to happen, it doesn't matter what you do, does it? Because it's going to happen anyway. But if the world is, you know, the future is an unknowable thing, which surely it has to be. But you're quite pos- you're positive. I think I'm quite like, what's going to happen? And I want a heads <laughs> up, you know, sort of that that sort of feeling of. Um, and I know it's rubbish. I know it, I genuinely know it's rubbish. I would I would never say to someone like, well, I'll tell you what, you know, astrology actually is very real. Um, and I don't talk in that voice either. <laughs> um, but I, do, I think, like, I, I go to a fortune teller whenever I go abroad and stuff like that. I'm always, yeah. I still, I, you know, I've got one side of myself and the other side of myself going, find out what they know. <laughs> and the fortune teller's ever told you stuff that's been right. Yeah, but I mean, you know, that's why you go because yeah. they sort of the good ones know how to exactly, you know, what to, they say a thing that you go. There's no way they could have known that, and you just go. That's the law of you. You, you know, your brain that isn't mad sort of goes. Of course, they could know that. It's quite easy for them to know anything. You know, they've said nothing. I've never been told anything. I went to one in the states. I was on, I did a road trip in the states. It was quite. Uh, <laughs> it's quite. So I went in and uh, all she asked was my name, and uh, and then she said you should talk for a living. And so first thing she said to me, and I was like, okay. And then so she said some things that I was quite. That quite, um, uh, you know, sort of laying your cards on the table, for, no backing out from them, sort yeah. of things. But you know, it's just you can tell anyone you should talk for a living. It's like, yeah. Anyone else believe in the old uh, telling the future? Not my. No one here will. No one. Allowed. No one will. No one. Not my. Not amongst my uh, friends. They, they're not allowed. They're not allowed in. I, I, I put it in all the uh, star sign things to uh, in the papers. I say, do not go and see Rich James Esquire. I pay uh, Russell Grant to say that uh, to everyone. Oh, and the other thing I was going to say about Game Face, there's a brilliant scene in it with uh, Brian Harvey. Yes. It. How did you persuade Brian Harvey to come on and do a bit in which he looks at some baked potatoes really lovingly and then you go, you say, he's had one already, and you say, come on, Brian, you're driving... <laughs> And then, <laughs> how did you persuade him? He does it very well. And he very good. It was, I think what it was was he sort of was able to participate in the joke, yeah. and so it wasn't like sort of a joke at him. It was sort of he's in. He sort of does this, you know, looks at the potatoes, he's like, you know, trying to eat more potatoes. Um, and he, I think he just he sort of he said he'd been asked quite a lot, you know, sort of stuff, you know. To, and he, he just said I found it thought it was funny, and then yeah. it, it was quite. Uh, and he was lovely, and I think it was. I didn't want to, you know, I'm not sort of. I didn't want to sort of. 
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com you know be horrible to him I was like if he can make it funny and he can participate it's fine rather than sort of it's just not what I, I feel comfortable with and uh, and I think he found it quite funny and we found a way to make a sort of ridiculous thing yeah silly and it was just you know he just I think that's why uh, he did it he just wanted to he thought it was because he could act and do a little bit He's a really nice man. Mad. Were you a fan was, of his when you were younger? Oh, honestly, yeah, I was a fan of all the boy bands um, up to the age of about 15. Um, and Brian, uh, E17, was one, yeah. one of my big ones. Take that, and E17. Yeah. Real obsessive. <laughs> <laughs> when I presented Top of the Pops, uh, I presented Top of the Pops twice. I'm not a paedophile, uh, but uh, <laughs> I did it twice. And E17 were on, and I met Brian Harvey in the canteen, and he was... Uh, we did a joke about him on the, on the, on the actual thing because he was eating a king-sized bag of Maltesers. <laughs> uh, and he was talking to... I, can't, I think he was talking to the producer of uh, Top of the Pops. He said he wasn't a millionaire. And she said, oh, we just met, met Brian Harvey in the, in the canteen. He was, says he's not a millionaire, but I noticed he was eating a king-sized bag of Maltesers. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, they were, yeah. He was, a bit, he was really nice. Um, he uh, was very... You know, kind of, he's he's working on a, he's trying to pitch this thing. It's like a, I don't know if he's still doing it, but he was talking about this sort of reality TV show where he's sort of making music with someone, and it was like almost like you know, like Towie, but in Walthamstow. Um, but he showed me a thing that he'd made, and I, you know, there's an, you know, when you don't know anyone, if anyone shows you anything they've made, there's a terror that's going to be the worst thing you've ever seen, and you've got to sort of get get your face ready, you know, um, like <laughs> your lying face. Um, and he showed me, but it was like for those kind of shows. I don't really, I'm not into them. But it was really, I was like, it was really good. I was like, oh, that's that's fine. Yeah, that, I'd totally watch that. So yeah. he's trying to do stuff, and I think he he's a he's an interesting man, sweet, yeah. just sweet. He was really nice on set. He wasn't at all, you know, really into the cameras. Like, well, that's a blah blah. I've got that. And oh, really? that sort of chat. <laughs> did you have you ever met the two guys who stood at the back in E17 and did that? Have you ever met them, Terry Caldwell and John? Yeah, yeah. of course I've. Uh, I met Terry Caldwell. Uh, was it? <laughs> That's a good Is job it? for them for a few years, isn't it? <laughs> did I meet Terry at that gig? Oh yeah, I'll tell you where I met Terry. Um, this is quite an embarrassing story. We did a gig. It was a. I've got no memory. It was some festival, and um, it was a, a massive tent, a ridiculously way too big. You know, like a, a, a tent thing. Tent. Yeah, and uh, big tent. <laughs> and. Um, and we were doing stand up and stuff, and then in the other tent, there was uh, Terry. 
it's not it's like Terry Alderton, it's Terry Caldwell. <laughs> yeah. Terry Caldwell was, was singing with this guy, and I was like, that's the guy from Miss 17. And then we got, it was me and Fordy, Matt Ford, Paul McCaffrey, uh, comics, uh, and we just got incredibly drunk. And at the end of the night, we all got on stage with Terry Caldwell. And it's quite... Uh, <laughs> And bear in mind, there'd only been comedy in this tent. There's no reason for this to happen. They don't understand. We're just very drunk and think it'll be funny. <laughs> we'll just bring them all on. Terry called one, this other guy. And we just start singing House of House of Love. You know, yeah. the everybody. <laughs> no, no one recognises Terry. And we're just all drunk on stage. I was on stage about Paul McCaffrey's wife. <laughs> and uh, we're on stage for about two minutes. And I, it was like a real awful shaming. And I saw some girl in the audience. I did a show called Impractical Jokers. And she thought it was a forfeit. Right. She was, like, was obviously a forfeit. Forfeit. And I was like, oh no, we're just doing this of our own volition. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. Feel sorry for those guys from E17 now. <laughs> I could have been an E17. How many members of E17 does it take to change a light bulb? I don't know. Four. One to have the idea to change a light bulb, one to change a light bulb, and two to stand at the back going like that. <laughs> knowing their hearts that their lives are meaningless. <laughs> As are all lives. <laughs> not according to astrology. No, not mine. <laughs> What's going to happen in the future to you? I don't, I'm, I've been easing off it because I read this woman called Susan Miller. She's like the big dog in the astrological world. Um, uh, you laugh. She is huge. People go absolutely batshit. If she's not out on the first of the month, she pretty much gets death threats. People are like, how am I meant to live, Susan? Uh, they go nuts. Like, you know, and she's... Uh, but the last couple of months, she's been almost like threats. They were like, oh, they're really all, like, she's obviously trying to up, but they're like, good luck today, mate. It's stuff like that. And like, <laughs> they did actually make me edgy. I was like, why would you say that? It was, I was traveling, I was going somewhere. And it was sort of like your family are going to die. That was implied. It was genuinely like, oh, maybe a relative isn't well. Or, you know, and then it was like death. Was, it was really, and so I was a bit like, like, exactly what you said. It did make me sort of go, actually, this is making me, quite sad yeah. <laughs> so it bad's going to happen I can imagine those things I can imagine bad things happening without someone telling me about them that's, yeah. that's what I'm discovering having people to be <laughs> responsible for it was good when I was single and had no one to care for or love then you could just get on with your life if you die it doesn't matter does it? it's over but now you've oh, got oh thanks other, now you've got once, so this, I'm this, saying, this horse shit I've got stay, to listen to stay single because it's when you love people and then when, especially when there's a little baby I do you love care, people when you have to care for it I, pe- I have people who love me people, I, will, I will be noticed if I die it's, it's just terrifying to think what could happen to them and then how bad you would think if something bad happened so you know what I'd say is don't have any children <laughs> thanks Rich <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> have you ever nearly choked to death on anything loads um, I've got a really narrow es- esophagus have you um, <laughs> I've got I'm all mouth like literally yeah. um, and I realised it's tell me more <laughs> when I first saw myself on television like you know it's always awful seeing yourself on, uh, you know I had braces when I was 15 uh, uh, and I, my teeth got straight and then I had eight wisdom teeth one in every 10,000 people get them normally black people and had them all taken out uh, and then uh, yeah, eight wisdom teeth yeah the I British Dental Board double, double yeah the British Dental Board took them out yeah. <laughs> they came down to watch uh, are they in a museum always somewhere? on stage <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, so I, I so basically I realised I sort of 
all my I've got a big bit here and a really I've, I had an uh, endoscopy and they choose a child's one yeah. and all my words so I speak like this because all my come out like that and then they all choke out the front right. um, it's very boring but yeah so I've got a really narrow esophagus yeah. so I have an endoscopy so you, ch- you often choke on things yeah yeah and I eat and I eat so fast my mum she's Irish her favourite thing to say to me is Jesus the famine is over <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm like I thought, well, I had a brother and a sister, and I always, you know, food went quickly. So if you've got eight to cousins, no wonder you eat. You've got to eat. Exactly. If there's a, you know, a French fancy on the table. <laughs> yeah, get it down, yeah. Um, yeah, I've choked. What's the worst I've choked on? Oh, uh, rocket. Fucking killer. Because uh, that moment where it's down and in your mouth, you're yeah. like, oh. I'm like, I'm like, which way should I go? <laughs> should I pull it out like a magician? Or should I try and drown it? Like, the rocket's quite in, but you know, I just, it's in the moment as I was choking on this apricot stone just how embarrassed I was just embarrassed I wasn't scared of dying I was just embarrassed that that was the way I was going to it's such a stupid way to die just think I've eaten deliberately you know without paying attention but isn't there something about the stupid ways to die at least there's sort of there's a nobility in it no you just went out on a on a simple thing got him it's a nice sort of like rather than a long tedious death you just went oh the apricot who knew (laughs) (laughs) I think I I found it very embarrassing and you know and a waste of my precious life (laughs) I think think I've got a lot more to give to the world (laughs) and you know when you think about how long it's taken for us to get here you know, not just that, you know, it's billions of years of the Big Bang and all this stuff happening, and then you exist, and then you, you choke to death on an apricot stone. Just a bit of a waste, isn't it? But I don't think any, I don't think, whatever way that our story ends, you can always use that story to be like, what a fucking waste. You know, like all of that, you know, why did I bother learning to read if you were just going to kill me? <laughs> uh, sort of, you know, I think it all can be a bit. I want to die know. a kind of heroic death, you know, like jumping on a hand grenade or something and saving a school of children I'll probably have to go into a school with a hand grenade and throw it <laughs> for that to happen he so never got be... over that apricot thing did he? absolutely if you go into a school with a hand grenade and throw it and then jump on it <laughs> do you think at any point anyone thinks you're a hero? <laughs> he goes well it was bad that he brought the hand grenade in and threw it at the kids but he did at least jump on it and only a few of the kids were hurt by his bones flying into their face I think you'd get you know you'd get you'd probably get like some people be grateful that you didn't kill them all yeah but most people would think you're a lunatic I think it'd be bad you know it'd be frowned on <laughs> generally frowned on uh, being you... frowned on is one of my favourite expressions <laughs> like, the idea is so terrifying like yeah, frowning at you. <laughs> if you had to choose, you're a single lady. If you had to choose between dating a man who was a six foot tall penis, just he has no arms or legs. He's just a massive penis. He has a face on his helmet. Or a man who, instead of having a penis, has a tiny man where his penis should be. Which of those two things would you prefer? You are welcome to ask Easy. some other questions if you. Basically, yeah. what I've got is this is not. The man with a t- the man with a tiny man there yeah. is effectively got the best penis ever because <laughs> he, he's got the man shape. He's the man the, this the torso and the legs are the penis shape. Yeah. Then he's also got extra bits. Um, it, it, it's yeah. a no brainer. Definitely have a little man down the little there. Man. And you feel guilty about the little man if you were ever no have a whale of a time. <laughs> <laughs> I'll treat him right. <laughs> um, 
be all right. It'll be, you know, kind of, and he can save it. He can, you know, he can sort of be like, he can check, he can check as well. It's like a health thing. <laughs> oh, this esophagus is very tight. Yeah. You should... No more smears. <laughs> Just a little man going, something, something different. Good, good to know. I definitely have him, yeah. If, I mean, your, if your finger could travel through time, where would you send it to and what would it do? Just Ooh. your finger. It can go anywhere in time and space, the past, future, or the present. But I would say using it to go to the present would be a waste of time. <laughs> Actually, if you could send it somewhere else in the present, that would still be well, right. I think I'd go through time. Okay, and you can just alter history or the future or just point at something, <laughs> tickle someone. God, yes. what would I do? It's a hard question, isn't it? Mm. Not many people would have asked that to you before. That's what, sometimes it's tricky. Maybe. <laughs> See, you could go back and you go, like, you know, the gun on Hitler, you yeah. know, uh, or something. But you could also just go and really fuck someone up. <laughs> <laughs> just sort of repeatedly tickle someone on the chin. <laughs> yeah. Who, though? It's good. I'm glad you're considering this at such length because it is an important question. The thing you... is, I wouldn't want to go too far back because I've got very, very strong sense of smell, and I think every, you know, everyone would stink. Your nose uh, isn't going anywhere. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh mate, the things I'm going to make you do. <laughs> <laughs> as long as I haven't got to be there. Um, maybe I would. What could I do? I'm scared I won't choose the right thing. <laughs> It's good to think about it now because if you ever get this opportunity, it'll probably be a. I do something. Thing. This is me being very noble. I do yeah. something like this over the Hitler thing or like the nuclear bomb thing or yeah. so like make change the maths on it so it didn't work. Okay. So like, oh, oh, this worked yesterday. Well, the maths are gone now, mate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or I would. So what? The nuclear bomb wouldn't blow up Hiroshima and Nagasaki as they're about to build. As about yeah. to build it. Okay. And then the better go, it's all done, isn't it? It's all nearly ready. And the, the most important part of the yeah. equation, I'd fuck up. Yeah. And then he'd be like, oh, it didn't work. Yeah. yeah. And then the Second World War would have gone on a long time and millions of people would have been killed <laughs> as a result of your. Hmm. And someone else, Hitler, Hitler scientists, would have had time to I'd get kill the Hit- nuclear bomb together. How many times can I go back with this finger? Well, just once, otherwise oh. it's insane. You're going to change everything. <laughs> I'd go back and I would. <laughs> Kill Hitler. Okay. Standard. At what point? At what point would you kill Hitler? As a baby, would you? Could he? Pretty easily kill his kill, parents. Kill his parents. <laughs> I wouldn't. I'd kill him. Um, <laughs> Joke him. No, I let him get born. Um, I'd probably kill him. Uh, I'd probably kill him when he was still drawing. When he's, when he's a painting can you just encourage him with his, your finger to stay in art rather than go over to well like point him <laughs> that way that way yeah well, uh, just... uh, uh. <laughs> every time he says something anti-semitic I don't think so <laughs> probably better to kill him just to be honest yeah, just with him. your just, finger just, this finger figure isn't working I should just kill him <laughs> Um, if you could choose between having a tit that dispensed talcum powder oh no that's a stupid one to ask because that's just asked that question or a hand made out of ham yeah that's brilliant I rescued myself by changing the question hand made out of ham yeah or a 
or a, or a tit that dispenses uh, talcum powder as much as you want? That's, I mean, not appealing at all. No. No, that talcum powder is something from the eighties. I think I don't know why people used it. It's an insane thing. Do you still use talcum powder? No, no of course not. What was it? It was like we was too... Talk about it as a thing where I think it's just a parents that want to dry their kids. Yeah. It was just like, yeah, dry yourself in powder. <laughs> um, so definitely not. And I definitely out my boob. It made me feel really sad. Like, <laughs> like I think it was like milk not being used. Um, like, bleh, <laughs> dust. I mean, no one wants to see actual dust leaving a part of their body. The hand made out of ham. This is problematic. If it's smoked, I don't mind. Yeah. But I hate unsmoked pork. Okay. Now. <laughs> I disagree with you on that, but that you're allowed to have that opinion. I had, I had smoky bacon at uh, the bed and breakfast I was in in Olverston. I don't like it. I mean, you can't, it's the only way to eat bacon. No. You have unsmoked bacon. Yeah. I can smell the pig when I have unsmoked. Literally, I feel like I can smell the animal. That's kind of what I like about it. I like to know I'm eating, I'm eating some animal rather than some smoke. I love smoked bacon. Just eat smoke. I would eat smoke if I could. You can. You can't eat smoke. You can. Just get some smoke, put your face in it. Mm, smoked cheese smoke. I like as well. Yeah. I like smoked things. I'd have a handmade of ham. I mean, listen, the problem is it's going to go off. No, then, it won't. It's because it's part of you. It'll stay good. You can eat it, but it, and it'll grow back, but only a little oh, bit. Oh, amazing. Yeah, yeah, I'd have that. I'd have the handmade of ham, and I'd uh, draw nails on it, so that if I wanted to blend in and have a normal day, <laughs> I would just have nails, and I'd try and make it, and I'd put fake tan on it to make it look like a normal hand. But if I wanted a bit of attention, I'd be like, yeah, I'm the handmade of ham girl. <laughs> and I'd write a really great Edinburgh show about it. it would you be able to do that? The Handmaid's Tale. Oh. Or, or, or other such ones. It's good. <laughs> That's too classy a reference for my. Yeah. Uh, my they don't like literature. They like um, they like maths here. They was they're still reeling from you. Trying oh, it must to be their favourite. Have you seen me on Countdown? <laughs> oh yes, on Countdown. Yeah. <laughs> worst ever. I'm the worst ever person who's done Cats Countdown. Yeah. Oh. In terms of results, well, not as a human being. I don't think anyone's really trying to. No one's really trying to win. I'm now, fucking they? trying, Rich. <laughs> you also did a darts thing for comic relief. I did. How did you get on that? You know what? I had a real. Uh, it was a. It was a lovely, lovely time, and then I got this. Uh, the double thing that you have to get at the end. Um, I got this thing, yeah. and it was a really an amazing. It was an amazing night in Lakeside. Is that what's called Lakeside? Yeah, I don't really um, much And then, but around the hotel, like we'd go in, and people were just like yeah, clapping. <laughs> um, I mean, I'd, I had to change my flight because I had to play another game. I wow. go on holiday. Did you beat Bob Mortimer? Bob Mortimer, yeah. who came out with the best. Uh, I don't know if you saw it, but he came out. You have to have like a a costume you know be a thing and he came out dressed as a carpet <laughs> and his thing for the audience to sing was we hate laminate we hate laminate <laughs> it was my favourite thing it was so amazing and I came out as the wedding slinger to some like come on Eileen and I was so annoyed so I was like I don't want to follow we hate laminate it's the best thing you're not going to get better than we hate laminate <laughs> <laughs> and you say in your stand up that you were a creepy child I was a creepy child. Kind of, how did your creepiness I was manifest very, itself? Um, I was very, uh, I think, uh, just quite an odd kid. I was a, a compulsive liar. Uh, I used to imagine I was a monkey if I was scared. Um, I was a very odd little weirdo. Uh, like, I just make up lies and, yeah. and sort of 
just kind of creepy, just quite creepy. Not like, like as I say, my old stand up, like not like in a killy way, just a bit odd, just a bit strange. <laughs> when I was, I lived in Ireland uh, for a year, and my mum and dad got divorced. <coughs> Excuse me. And I just had one tape. It was Belinda Carlisle, uh, <coughs> and I had a Walkman. I had no friends, and I was like six, and I just before my look at seven, and. Uh, and I so just walked around, listened to this circles in sand round and round. And then there was this English guy who'd moved there and he tried to open a shop in his garage. Uh, <laughs> but the shop never, you know, I just saw one day he had like boxes of Kit Kats and stuff. And you've got to bear in mind, this sounds really dodgy, like he was a dodgy man and he wasn't. Uh, and I was like, I'll buy something. Just because his voice was so comforting because I was missed home so much. And he was like, well, it's not a shop, but it didn't work. And I was like, but I want to buy a Kit Kat. And he's like, okay. Uh, and he sold me a Kit Kat. And then I went there every day <laughs> and just drove him like I'd knock on his door and his wife would be like she's here again <laughs> and then he'd be so sweet he'd go out open his shop for me until the box of Kit Kats had gone uh, <laughs> and I'd just sit there and I'd tell you another thing and he'd be like mm-hmm, yeah just this lonely child who liked it because he had an English accent Aww. yeah very strange child that's nice that's sweet could have just given you the Kit Kats yeah, but I think he liked. I liked the transaction. Yeah. Like it was, otherwise, it's just a man giving a kid Kit Kats <laughs> <laughs> to make them go away. Though that's yeah. different. That's, that's, yeah. that's the most noble man in the world. Yeah. Here, have these sweets and leave. I was just, just talked to him for literally about two hours every like every second day. I'd go round and he'd just listen to me. Oh, sweet man, that's sweet Timmy. I'll do a feature called uh, Desert Island Dicks. Ooh, it's not what you're thinking. Oh. Which eight Richards would you take with you to a desert island? I'm already there. Okay. My island. Richard Osman. Oh, yeah, good. He had a previous guest. Um. (laughs) Hard, isn't it? It's hard to think of even two or three. That's what it's a good question. Richard the third. Yeah, good. Richard. Why do you like Richard the Third better than Richard the Second and Richard the First? Because he's the mad the one, wasn't he? Yeah, well, Richard yeah, the First. Yeah, you, you need a mad one to yeah. make it, you know, to kill the princes. <laughs> yeah, in the tower. yeah, you need you need one of those. Okay. Can't all be you can't all be just happy Richards. Um, <laughs> what about Richards? I must even know more Richards. Richard. Well, I'm not going to help you. That's Richard, the, that's the whole uh, Richard, task. Uh, Aod. Yeah. Is he Richard? Yeah. Yeah. Richard. Richard. <laughs> Richard Burr, 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 Burton. Burton, Richard Burton, Richard Carpenter. Carpenter. What was that? Richard Carpenter. Carpenter. There's two Richard Carpenters. There's Richard I love Carpenter. the one that, from the band. Yeah. Um, the one who wrote Cat Weasel as well. We've had a lot. We talked about him before. Richard uh, D- Dawkins. Yeah. Is he Richard? Yeah. <laughs> It's weird when you say the second name first. You can first. tell if they're Richards by when their name is Richard. <laughs> if, they're, if their first name's Richard, then they yeah, You can have the second name Richard as well. Richard, uh, uh, no. Richard, Cur- I remember. Richard, Richard Curtis. Curtis. Yeah, that's back to C's. <laughs> I was on K. Yeah, you gave up um, on it. Yeah. Richard. What about Le- E-F-G, H-I-J? H- Richard Harris. Yeah. Richard. Loads. If only everyone thought of this working through. <laughs> trying to sound them out phonetically. Richard Johnson. You just got to get all your riches in a bowl, and then you can start sifting through them. But you can't. I can't just go. I literally had one Richard that was. And you've done very well. You've got more riches than anyone else has managed to get. There. Method to my madness. Yeah. Um, have you been on the uh, Apprentice? You're fired. Have you done no. that one? No. 
done because you've done the ba- British Great British yes, Bake Off. I did that. Slice. I watched the Bake Off. I don't watch The Apprentice. Okay. Because I, I was I was asked to do that, and uh, then I no, they didn't ask me to do it in the end. They put me on the list, and then asked me, and they got people like you back twice. I'm not holding on the a Bake Off. Yeah, I'm not holding a grudge. Do you watch the Bake Off? Yeah. They'll get you on it. Well, you'd think so, wouldn't well, you? Only one se- they've only had one series. I know, but you get free cakes. Don't you? That's that's good, I did the pilot. I did the pilot that got, got the, sort of went out and got... And then I did one show, I think. Did I do one show? I think you did two. You were very good on it, I have to say. I would have preferred to see you on it than me. Because I don't really like the programme or cakes that much. So, did you uh, say that to them, Richard? <laughs> do I have to like cakes? Well, I, I think cakes are ridiculous. I, I think the Bake Off is... is uh, like the Apprentice, I don't watch, and then they offered yeah. me, you know, sort of to, to do the Apprentice, and I was like, that feels s- sort of, you know, like I've done shit telly, but I was like, I don't want to do a thing where I'm pretending to have watched a show, and, <laughs> and whereas the Bake Off, I really do love, I really yeah. genuinely get it, and I can't bake; it's literally ridiculous. I'm just like, yeah, I just, I, <laughs> I find it, and it's so well shot, and I just love the cutaways to like they do that weird lamb, like Bleh! for no reason. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm a massive, massive fan, and a very few of those shows that I like, and that is the one for me that I was like, cake is, cake is home. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I was going to ask you if you because uh, I, I, I come up with some uh, Alan Sugar asked for uh, titles for his autobiography uh, on Twitter right uh, I came up with quite a lot of I've done most of them before uh, hit me well I did Firing Blanks I think that would have been a good <laughs> that's one that's good uh, I think I, my favourite one is I Remind Me of Me at that age because that's <laughs> well, I think that's definitely. have you got a suggestion for Alan Sugar's autobiography that is a t- difficult question um uh, I need to get Amstrad into a pun. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what you do if it was an Edinburgh uh, show. Amstrad, Amstrad, Amstrad. You could do something with him in sl- uh, slave ship. Amstradling greatness. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> and it could be him as the Colossus of Rhodes. And he's, he's so, yeah, over an Amstrad. Yeah. <laughs> with, his, with his cock out. In it. Oh, it could be in it. Would, he, would you be like, could Is you have sex to... with an Amstrad email phone? <laughs> if my wife came and found me inside an Amstrad email phone, do you think she would have any right to be angry about that? I think, I think she'd be more concerned. That would just be more concerned. Um, yeah, email in an inefficient way. That's, that's how I like it. Ah. So you wouldn't be upset by that. You would think it was weird, but you wouldn't say, I'm going to divorce you no. for having your dick in an Amstrad email phone. That is the same as having sex with a robot. It's exactly the same. No. Well, if I just put like a, a if I got like a blow-up woman doll, right, and instead of a vagina, I put an Amstrad email phone. Jesus. Having sex with that, and my wife came home. Would she have any? Re- There'd be no reason for her to be upset about that. I go look. It's not even a weird I mean, Amstrad email what... phone, and even if that wasn't it, it's just like a pouch. It's not. It's a pouch. Woman? Why do you need the fake woman body around it then? Because not... that's just you know. I'm just trying to make. I'm trying to show you that that's what a robot is like essentially and it's, that wouldn't be bad no, there'd be nothing embarrassing about my wife coming home Liz- finding me fucking uh, Amstrading on a phone with a, a rubber woman around it the rubber woman's the problem well I see that, that's the moment when it starts to resemble a woman a yeah. female form but if you ever, if you, ever, if you what um, if I had eight Amstrad email phones <laughs> all stuck together vaguely <laughs> and two of them were breasts and one of them <laughs> I think that's not as bad because they, no, so they, they can't be a woman. And there's, if there's a wig on, I put a wig on it. <laughs> I mean, it, my wife comes home. For me, it's very important that my wife comes home. That's part of it. 
I might enjoy it until my wife comes home and I've just got that for me it's the moment oh I can explain it's not what it looks like it's not my fashioned eight Amstrad email the phone I'm making a point about uh, the future of humanity here <laughs> and the moral think, choices we're gonna... I think if you put it into a gallery yeah. and you did that for like four or five hours I yeah. think you could win something good yeah and I think you should consider that because well, I think you just doing that and then every every half an hour someone pretending to be your wife walks in and then you <laughs> why can't and... my wife walk in I'm an old man it would, I'd be spent too much if, that if it's someone pretending to be my wife what if it's a robot pretending to be my wife comes in no it won't work your speech won't work about okay. the future of humanity but I think you should okay. definitely put it in a gallery it's like an M&S <laughs> yeah. you definitely get something with that an M&S it's good again above they don't even know what you're talking about <laughs> come on trace the M in if I put some poo on it it'd be like Chris Ophelia. Oh, I don't know who that is. Yeah, he's, he's the one who puts poo on stuff. <laughs> or, or Gilbert and George. <laughs> they like working in poo. I mean, I would be an. I, if I was. I'd like to be an artist. I have a lot, quite a lot of modern art ideas. Hit uh, me. Well, I've, I've done them all on here before, but I like I play myself at snooker in a basement and commentate on it. That's good. I think that's like a modern art idea. I could do that in a gallery for four hours. That's a good uh, mental uh, game, anyway, to sort of go against a good debating thing, isn't it? Yeah, that? it is. I think you'd be good at modern art. Thank you. I would. I, I want, I want, I'm going to do it with my daughter's shoes. I want, I want to collect my daughter's shoes throughout her entire life. She'll have to carry on once I'm dead and then put them in a long, just like in a row. Oh, and, God, that's very, that's very beautiful yeah. and melancholy. Yeah, and there's just empty shoes leading up to some, every single pair of shoes someone wore in their whole life. But, you, you know, people have so many shoes. I know, it's going to be a pain in the ass. <laughs> It's easy so far. I don't know if I... Because she sometimes wears little socks that have got, like, shoes drawn on them. Yeah. Do they count? I suppose they do. They do. They're, they're her, you know, her, her What about... Covers. She's got a reindeer outfit that's got, like, you know, the shoes are incorporated. Built Does that in. count as shoes? No, I think no. they've got to be the ones... It's got to be the things you just cover the feet with, yeah. nothing else. Because otherwise that's just, like, a reindeer, an empty baby's reindeer <laughs> outfit on the floor. Like a Next baby. Next to a pair of Timberlands. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> Do you ever have... Because I think a lot of comedians are working in that kind of arena where it's imagination and where you're having surreal ideas. Do you ever feel like moving into art? Uh, it's only that I was good at school. So I'm really, I am a really good drawer. I'm very bad at most things. Uh, but it just basically being alive is a struggle for me. But I'm really... <laughs> <laughs> but at art, I found quite... Uh, the te- especially like drawing, like technical even, I'm quite good at. Oh, yeah. uh, I'd love... Yeah, I, I, I'm into anything that makes you think and without being pretentious, but stuff like that. I think we're all... Comics, especially because we're always trying to look for things to give us inspiration. So I think art sort of... It's good to change gears, to have your mind sort of go in a different way, you know. But in a way, a joke is... The way a joke works is it's two thoughts colliding often, isn't it? That's the way two different things coming together. So there's a lot of similarities. Yeah. But, you know, we can't sell our jokes for half a million pounds. Maybe if we cover all our jokes in shit. Yeah. (laughs) And just just put them in a gallery. (laughs) I have tried. Right, well, look, time time has flown by. It's been very delightful to talk to you. It's we been have a bloody get, treat. We have to get ready for next week's show now. So, uh, <laughs> ladies, it's amazing. Time flies here, doesn't it? it? Does. Week goes like that. It's amazing. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, please give me a round of applause to Roshi Kalati, my guest this week. Listening to Richard Herring's at the Square Theatre podcast with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Rosine Connerty. The music you're listening to was played by Pest. 
It was a long time ago. They recorded it. They don't come in every week. That would be stupid. Thanks to everyone at the Leicester Square Theatre. Thank you to everyone at Go Faster Strike. And Chris Evans, well done on the Top Gear job. Chris, we were very excited. What? Oh, it's not that. It's not that one. Apparently, it's not that one. He, the R1 doesn't ever get his cock out and put it on your shoulder. That just never happens with R1. The producer was Ben Walker. This is a fuzz. GoFasterStrike.com and Sky Potato Production. Thanks for listening to Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast. It was quite good, wasn't it? I don't know. It has. I'm doing this before it was recorded, so I, d- I don't know if it was a good one or not. I bet it was. That's my, that's my guess. So uh, if you've enjoyed these, why not come and see me uh, at the Leicester Square Theatre in August and September? Or I'll be on tour with, that sh- with the show Happy Now or all through 2016 in the spring. Uh, check richardherring.com slash gigs for all the details for that. Or buy a badge at gofasterstripe.com slash badges or a DVD at gofasterstripe.com. Here are some of the people who have helped us bring this podcast to you this week, and I am very grateful to them all. Matthew Smith, Ewan Duncan, Rob Applin, Darren Foote, Colin Anderson, Raymond Harpany, Kevin Tipcorn, Steve Mash, Dean Ratland, Gaynor Wilson, Adam Queck, Stuart Fawcett, Tim Turner, Julian Benton, Thomas Baldwin, Lauren Pilkington, Matthew Blackburn, Neil Martin, Jack Burton, Fraser Levy, Gina Lynn, Paul Jeffrey, Rob Ward, Robert Tang Richardson, Leo Vagoda, Carol Forster, Icky Kawa, Cole McGonagall, Aurora Watters, Jake, Heather Henderson, Simon Carl, Christine Sato, David Collier, Jijin John, Roy Owens, Matthew Poynton, and John Columbi, Matthew Robot, both them. Come on. Martin Bryant, Colin Jackson, Michael O'Connell, Gareth Gamble, Paul Kavanagh, Simon, Jordan Leppart, sorry, Jordan Leppert, very important. He hates being called, or, or she hates being called Leppart. He hates he being called a she, or she hates being called a he as well, probably. And Ian Matthews, thank you all. You are the best. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. 
Thanks again for listening to the podcast. RichardHerring.com slash ballback slash tour or RichardHerring.com slash gigs for all of the information on the tour. GoFasterStripe.com for lots of downloads and books and lots of fun. Thanks for listening. Go and listen to another one. Tell your friends about the show. Tell your friends about the tour. I love you all. I'm out.